0: Guys, welcome to the 10th episode of Boring Times with the board Guy. I'm Nishala G.S. and I'm joined by my frequent co-guest Sundeer Sir. Uh, So, sir, is going to uh, continue the lecture on economics, I guess. Uh, So, sir, you you can take over. Yeah, thank you, Nishala, for uh, again giving me the invitation. So, we're going to continue with, uh, you know, our... uh, ambitious project of trying to explicate the whole of Walden okay so uh, for uh, as I said in the previous episode this particular edition of Walden which we're using can you can find a free copy on Google search if you type in Walden PDF Walden comma PDF mm-hmm. The first result you'll get is of a WordPress file. file. And uh, in this WordPress file, uh, we are on uh, page uh, eight. We are on page eight. We're continuing from the top of the page, near the top of the page, from the line beginning with most men even in this comparatively free country, okay? So, we are on this edition. Uh, We are on this line, I mean, okay? So, we'll continue from there. Uh, In the previous uh, episode, uh, we came up to this point of the first chapter of Walden. The first chapter of Walden is economy. So, economy is a subject which uh, everyone should know about because it's one of the important uh, subjects, okay. So, here Thoreau as a practical philosopher is talking about economy, okay, the management of, uh, you know, the uh, management, okay. So here he continues on page 8. He says, Most men, even in this comparatively free country, through mere ignorance and mistake, are so occupied with the factitious care and superfluously coarse labors of life that its final fruits cannot be plucked by them. Right? So here... Thoreau points out, he is referring to his countrymen. When he says most men, he refers to the Americans of his day, his contemporaries. And he says that most of the men, even in a comparatively free country like the United States war, free country means that people could often Pursue their like their vocations uh, without any serious uh, uh, constraints being given on them by the government. So it was a free country. People could pursue their own vocations, what they were interested in, and uh, you know that was a, that was uh, that's what America is like, right? So even in this comparatively free country, uh, Thor says that most of its uh, continent through mere ignorance and mistake, they're, they're ignorant. They're not aware of any other better option, right? Through mere ignorance and mistake, they're so occupied with the factitious cares and superfluously coarse labors of life. So they spend, uh, they're occupied, you know, from dawn till dusk, from weekend to weekend, from month, from year end to year end, annually, even over the decade or even over a lifetime, they're so occupied with the factitious case. Factitious is the surface, the superficial case and coarse labors. Coarse labors means rough labors, labors like plowing, like, planting like harvesting like irrigating on the farm many of his uh, countrymen uh, even though they had the freedom to pursue what they were truly interested in even though they had that freedom they pursued very rough labors in their lives so that the finer fruits of life cannot could not be plucked by them so uh, you see uh, final fruits of life means, you know, finding out about, uh, you know, uh, things like philosophy or religion or science or any of the other arts. Okay, they were occupied with work like you know drudgery, drudgery on a farm. So the final fruits of life could not be plucked by his countrymen. They could not they could not even think of, you know, uh, think that there was a you know better option open to them because their labor demanded that they work from it all the time. They the work demanded that they work all the time, right? So Thor continues, the fingers from excessive toil. Are too clumsy and tremble too much for that. So when these uh, when these countrymen when they begin working physical labor physical drudgery, what happens to the hands? They uh, they toil excessively. Toil is extremely difficult, backbreaking work. Okay. So they toil excessively. So as a result, the hands, the fingers are too clumsy and they tremble. They tremble from the effort the people have put into their labor. They tremble too much of it. So uh, they simply cannot even appreciate the fact that there are better options open to them. This is a state of things as it was in Thorough's time in a you know, uh, country like America. This was in the 1850s, 1860s, around that time, at the dawn of the Industrial Revolution, when agriculture uh, was still, uh, you know, still the mainstay of society at the dawn of the Industrial Revolution. This is how people were occupied. So Thoreau continues, actually, the laboring man has not leisure for true integrity, day by day. So the laboring man, that is the farmer, the laborer, he has not leisure, he doesn't have leisure for a true integrity. Integrity is defined as a quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. So they simply cannot be open with their neighbors. They simply cannot afford to show qualities like kindness, or, you know, they cannot afford to be good to their fellow men. So the the demands of the work are like that, right? So the laboring man, the farmer and the laborer do not have leisure for a true integrity day by day. Day after day, they simply the demands of the work are so great that they cannot Uh, think of anything else except their work, right? So, the laboring man, he cannot afford to sustain the manliest relations to men. He cannot show that he's a neighbor, that that he thinks of uh, his neighbor, or he cares for his neighbor, or he, he cannot show any such qualities to his neighbor. He cannot afford to sustain or support the manliest relation to men, okay? His labor would be depreciated in the market. Depreciated means, of course, that it would come down in value. So, in the marketplace, where, you know, money is thought of, uh, where profit and loss are discussed at length, day in and day out, okay? Uh, This, uh, he is... labor would be would lose its value in the market if we were to show any sort of you know uh, relate uh, human relations to his fellow man he has no time to be anything but a machine so once you talk about a farm everything is routine you know from the moment you get up till the moment you go to bed Everything has to be done in a certain way. Everything has to be done according to a certain procedure. You cannot overstep the procedure. You cannot ignore the procedure. You cannot bring in anything new. You cannot even afford to think about anything new. Right? You cannot afford to you know, refresh yourself with thought. You just have to keep on working according to a set procedure, day in and day out. So his countrymen could had no time to be anything but machines. Just as a machine, you know, does everything uh, as it's programmed to, men are also programmed like were also programmed like machines, right? How can he remember well his ignorance which is growth required, who are so often to use his knowledge, right? So <clears throat> Now here Thoru makes a proverbial statement one of the many proverbial statements that are found in his writings. So here he tells us if a man has to grow if a man has to uh, you know uh, grow intellectually he has to remember his ignorance. See unless you realize that you do not know something you will not bother. To find out anything new. So, if we are to progress intellectually, if we are to progress, uh, you know, in our mind, then we have to remember that we are ignorant. But what is, how is it with the laboring man? The laboring man from dawn till dusk, he has to keep on turning his knowledge of his work over and over again in his mind. So, because he has to use his knowledge so often, he cannot grow intellectually, spiritually, or morally. He cannot remember it. Either. So, he has to follow a certain procedure. So, this uh, is a proverbial statement. If we are to grow intellectually, spiritually, morally, or in any other way, we have to remember that we are ignorant of so many things, that there are, there is a better option open to us. Okay? So we have to remember that. Uh, so we have to remember that we are ignorant. Right? Uh, so he continues, we should feed and clothe him gratuitously sometimes and recruit him with a cordial before we judge him. So, uh, if we were to judge of a person, if we were to judge of anybody, Thoreau says, we must feed him. We must invite him to our houses, offer him some snacks or some food. Okay? And we should also offer him some, you know, uh, clothing. And we should do this gratuitously. So, if we were to offer him these uh, foods and this clothing, And if we were to refresh him with our cordials, right? Then he would show his true nature, right? Once uh, we provide him with what he wants, then we could come to what he's really like, what he's really interested in. We should recruit him with our cordials. Cordials are things like juices or fruit juices or wines, things like that, which refresh us, right? So we should try to refresh him, okay, before we judge him. So we should not actually say a man is nothing but a machine and there ends the matter. We should not put a full stop on such statements. We should try to provide him with what is necessary to refresh or to recreate himself or to we invigorate him before we judge of him. So Thoreau says, the finest qualities of our nature, like the bloom on fruits can be preserved only by the most delicate handling. So our nature's, right? There are, our nature's are made up of rough things and fine things, but the finest qualities of our nature which are like the blue fruits, you know, the shine on a fruit skin, the shine on an apple skin. This blue can be preserved only by the most delicate hand. So, uh, the finest qualities of any person, okay, can be uh, can be seen only by the most delicate hand. So, with a person, with his countrymen, Thor says. He would maybe, you know, offer him food, offer him clothing, and offer him refreshments like cordials before he judges of him. Right? So then he would come to understand what the finest qualities of his countrymen are like. Right? This is how we should treat each other. This is how we should you know, uh, relate to one, each other, relate to each other in our daily life. But Thoreau says, yet we do not treat ourselves
1: nor one
0: another thus tenderly. So, we do not treat, we do not even treat ourselves so tenderly. We do not take, you know, time off to relax. We do not take time off to recreate. We do not take time off to refresh ourselves, right? And we do not, if we don't do it to ourselves, we do not do it to another person either. So, you know, we simply cannot understand what it is that constitutes our final nature. So, this is the way it was during Thoreau's time. And uh, he continues. Okay? Uh, Some of you as we all know, are poor, find it hard to live uh, and are sometimes, as it were, gasping for it. So, now Thoreau is addressing his uh, continent, right? He is addressing his readers, the readers of this book. So, any reader, he knows what people are like in concord he knows what people are like he has studied them so it seen that many of his townspeople many of the fellow uh, of his countrymen uh, they're poor and they find it hard to live find it hard to uh, supply themselves with the basic necessities, and uh, and to use uh, read this book are unable to pay for all the dinners which you have actually eaten or for the coats and shoes which you are wearing already worn out and have come to this page to spend borrowed or stolen time robbing your creditors of an hour. So how do most of his countrymen live? By the aid of a loan, right? So many uh, I says, some of you at least who read this book some of these readers who read this book are, are unable to pay for all the dinners which they have actually eaten. So they have eaten dinners on borrowed money or they have clothed themselves. They have bought coats and shoes which are fast wearing out or already worn out. Hmm? They have bought their coats and shoes on a loan, And in order to get some relief from this uh, uh, this problem they've come to this page by accident they've come to this page of Walden to spend borrowed or stolen time. They're robbing the filters of an hour. So they want some relief from the filters for an hour. So they come to this page his readers come to read Walden and they're living on borrowed or stolen time. they're robbing the filters for an hour. Otherwise, the printer would constantly be at their heels, okay? So this is the way it is with people. It was with people in America. It is very evident what mean and sneaking lives many of you live. For my sight has been wetted by experience. So uh, when he looks around him, when he looks at his uh, townspeople, when he sees his uh, countrymen. He sees that many of them lead mean and sneaking lives, right? Uh, and he says he's seen, he's experienced this, okay? He's seen this uh, factor in his uh, townspeople, his fellow townspeople, right? And how are they like? What are they like? Always on the limits, trying to get into business and trying to get out of debt. A very ancient Is alien, alienum, another brass. Some of their coins were made of brass. So, what are many of his uh, townspeople doing, uh, fellow townspeople doing? They're always on the edge, always on the limits. And what are they trying to do? They're trying to get into business. They're trying to start a business or they're winding up a business. They're trying to do business because they think that business, okay? Is a way to get money, is a way to get in touch with money. So they're always trying to get into business and trying to get out of debt. So they're trying to repay their debts, the money they've borrowed and from which they're living on. And this uh, factor, it's a very ancient slough. A slough, okay, uh, is like a channel, you know, a deep, uh, depressing looking channel right? So uh, they've fallen into this deep depressing channel. And this channel is uh, uh, is uh, very ancient. This is the way people have lived throughout history, right? Uh, ever since the time of the Romans, ever since the time of the, even before the Romans, people have always been trying to get into business and trying to get out of it. Uh, debt, a very ancient law called by the Latins Ace Alienum, Another brass. So, uh, the Latins, Lat- the word Latins refers to the Romans. The Romans called it, called this, you uh, know, uh, trying to get into business, trying to get out of bed, debt. They called it Ace Alienum, Another brass. So, some of their coins were made of brass. Okay? And... Uh, these uh, many of his fellow townspeople, they were still living and dying and buried by this other's press. So they lived their lives. They lived their lives on debt. They lived their lives on loans. They lived and they died and they were even buried by, they were even buried by a loan, right? Always promising to pay, promising to pay tomorrow and dying today in solvent, Right? okay they're always promising to pay the debtors promising to pay tomorrow I'll give you back your money tomorrow don't worry I have it with you, right it's ready uh, I'll soon get it okay like that tomorrow and dying today right they'll pay tomorrow but they die today insolvent insolvent means back seeking to curry favor so they want to the curry favor means they want to get into the good books of the creditors to get custom to get customers. Right? By how many modes? Only not state prison offenses. They try to get into business in how many different modes? How many different ways? And many of these ways are so not they so not innocent. That they're only. Not state prison offenses. They try to get into business in all sorts of ways. Okay. They just stop short of being a state prison offender. Right. If they were to be found out, they'll be put into prison. That's how desperate many of his fellow townspeople were. Right. Lying, flattering, voting, contracting yourself into a nutshell of celebrity. Or dilating into an atmosphere of thin and vaporous geoposity that you may make persuade your neighbor to let you make his shoes or his hat or his coat or his carriage or import his groceries for him. Right? So and once the finally get open the shop, what do they do? They start to lie, they start to flatter, they start to flatter the customer, they try to flatter the uh, their uh, creditors, they try to flatter whoever enters the shop and they contract themselves into a nutshell of civility. Right? They, they become so small that the only quality they seem to have is civility. They're so polite. They're so, you know, well-behaved just to see, okay, that they get some business they contract themselves into a nutshell of serenity or dilate themselves into an atmosphere of thin and vaporous generosity. Dilate means they expand themselves into an atmosphere of thin and vaporous generosity. Okay, so the generosity knows no power. The generosity is also the only quality that they possess. Once they start the business, okay, they expand themselves into thin and vaporous or contract themselves into a nutshell of civility. Why? That you may persuade your neighbor to let him make his shoes. So they want to make his shoes or his hat or his coat or his carriage or import his groceries for him. So that they can provide him with some goods, provide him some goods, necessary goods, like shoes or hats or coats or carriages or groceries making yourself sick. So the way they do business is they become sick of it. That you may lay up something against a sick day, something to be tucked away in an old chest, right? So they do business, they want to make money so that in case they ever fall sick in the future, they will have something to fall back on. They will have something to depend on. They lay up something against sick day Something to be tucked away in an old chest. They store the money. They hold the money in an old chest, or in a stocking behind the plastering, or they hide the money behind the plastering of the wall in a sock, in a socks, in a pair of socks, in a stocking, or more safely in a brick bank. So they store the money in a brick bank. No matter where, no matter how much or how little. So no matter where they are no matter how much they can save, no matter how much they they can keep, no matter how much or how little. So this is the way most of his townspeople spend their lives, right? So uh, I think, uh, Nishala, are you there? Yes, sir. So I think uh, the Zoom app was going to uh, disconnect, So I think we can stop. So, you can make a few concluding remarks. Please. Okay, sir. Thank you. <laughs> no need to say, please. Uh, so, thank you for listening to this uh, new episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, until next time, I am Nistula signing off uh, from Boring to Mr. Boardway. Thank you, sir, once again for joining. Okay, just uh, one, 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 uh, one comment on this this is not uh, actually only applicable to the time of Thoreau. Okay? Okay. Uh, Because it may be applicable to most times in which people have lived. Because he uh, refers to the Latins, that is the Romans. Right? So the Romans, since the time of the Romans, before the time of the Romans, during the time of Thoreau, And maybe even in the present day, this may be the case of many people who we see in society. Okay? So it's a very relevant book. Okay? It's a very relevant, and even though it was written around 1850, almost 200 years ago, it still still can be applied today. Okay? Okay? Hello? Yes, sir. Okay, thank you. Thank you, sir.